Rogers, who the only place he's going to take it to is the toilet bowl. And then you got Brett Favre, who will take it to the Super Bowl. I do like me a triple butter burger with cheese and the works, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles. Could the package be really good? Yeah, I certainly would love that. But also to say that, is this look like a rebuild? Probably. If you think we're in a rebuild, then you got the wrong team. QB1, man. Come on, man. Best QB in the league right here. What's up, John Money? What's up, guys? This is Jeff Giannis. And Giannis does it! Stop it! Oh, please! What a cat! That's insane! You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the Moment Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Todd. Todd? Hello, hello. Hello, and welcome to Roster Cutdown Day, the Green Bay Packers Initial 53-man roster has finally been decided. What an exciting day. What a fun day for all us Packer nerds, you know, looking at our fucking 53-man roster projections. Like, I, I don't remember if it's always been like this, but it's like it, no sport, I feel like, is like the NFL where it's like we break down before the draft, we break down after the draft, we yep. read the tweets during training camp, we come up with our stupid little 53-man rosters, maybe even some practice squads. And then we have the actual season, but uh, Todd, how's it going? How was roster cut down day for you? It was good. Um, didn't get a chance to look at the roster until this afternoon. I know it came out at three fifteen, but I wasn't on the I wasn't on the leading edge with all the news, so mm-hmm. I had to filter through all the tweets and stuff and just kind of see. I found a, a Rob Demosky where he just here's everybody who got cut. Here's everybody like here's the roster now. And so read through. Well, that's that. what was first time like ever that the Packers actually tweeted out their roster. I think like half an hour after it was due. Usually they don't do that until a week after. So that was nice to have. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was cool to see everything. And then I know we kind of said that we weren't surprised about anything, but there was, I mean, I don't know. There's a couple things that I thought was interesting more from like a, position by position you know yes. how many how many players we kept at certain positions i thought was interesting yes not very surprising for who we kept and who we moved on from but it's still the roster building this year was very yeah like we've said all season interesting you know whether it's the 11 offensive linemen or kind of manipulating the roster with keeping luke tenuta on and cutting our long snapper but yeah and we'll get into that later too but Something else very important that we need to talk about is our own the mm. Poor Man's Packers podcast roster. Our roster. Way more important, yes. So obviously, if you've been listening for a while, I wonder if someone like started listening five years ago when we started this freaking podcast and they still are. I I wonder what world they live in, because it's gone through quite a few changes, quite a few different hosts, and never really any type of explanation <laughs> whatsoever. Sure. We had we had Hank on for a while too, so Kyle, he was the host of the first three years, co-host with me. Obviously, wasn't part of the podcast last year. I didn't know he wasn't for sure going to be on until like a week before. And then even the season before that, I didn't know he was going to be the co-host with Hank and myself until literally the day we recorded the week one episode. So last year, I had Andrew hop in as the co-host. And I'll tell you what, if nothing else, he tried his best. And he is entertaining, but he does not know... (laughs) about the Packers it was funny because I I called him to say hey you're not gonna be you know co-host on the podcast 
anymore. Well, I didn't lead with that. I led with so you know just talking about the podcast. Uh, the Packers. Andrew, can you can you name the starting offensive lineman for the Packers? And he said, I know David Bakhtiari. So it's like okay, well that's kind of that gives you more of an idea right there. So Todd stepping in. It's going to be me and Todd here on out. But luckily for everyone, don't worry. Andrew will be on every week as well as our producer and fact checker. And depending on what's going on, who's available, maybe we'll be able to get Kyle back on, who's been putting me off for fucking ever. And maybe Hank as well, who I'm sure (laughs) everyone either misses or is so happy that he's gone too, because he is quite the character as well. Could you imagine just getting everybody who's ever been a part of the pod all together at once? Yes. Billy, Billy Billy too. Billy will, I think Billy will be on again this year. So there you go. What, I mean, what, how many is that? Is that six people? Too many. We have such, too many mics. You know, the cinematic universe of the Poor Man's Packers podcast. So, <laughs> so there you go. Now everyone knows that. So look forward to seeing Andrew. We had a little dinner party a couple of weeks ago at Andrew's place, and he brought up the podcast. And he he was saying, "Please don't take me off." He's like, "If I if you don't, I I will." I won't say what he said, but something along the lines of unaliving Un- himself. <laughs> yeah, so. I think don't that's worry. the PC term. <laughs> yeah, so don't worry. He'll be back, but we can get into actual important things with the Green Bay Packers roster. When we start quarterback, no surprise here. Jordan Love, Sean Clifford. I don't think we have to really talk too much about it, and we'll talk a little bit about the game on Sunday, too, against the Seahawks, but we can wait until we talk about Christian Watson there. But uh, I guess Sean Clifford, if nothing else, we've already apologized to him multiple times this offseason, mm-hmm. but shows to at least be an intriguing backup quarterback, which we would have taken after the draft. I am curious, like what, because if you, when you go back and look at his college stuff, it's really does not look amazing, mm-hmm. but I mean, it seems like he's been playing pretty dang good. Like, I don't know. It's, what's the difference? Like, how do you, how do you go from the big 10 and seemingly not be, super great and then come to the nfl and play in the preseason and play decent like i just i don't understand that's i don't know anything about football i guess you know when it comes to like right being a quarterback in the league yeah scout yes and i don't know if it's you know he was the super senior for penn state too and you know was there for four or five years whatever it was and he was just able to actually jordan love said that last week that uh Clifford's way ahead of where he was as a rookie and how he knows like the whole offense now. So that's, that's the thing more than so probably else. a pretty sharp guy. If nothing yes. else, maybe all his receivers were just running the wrong routes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was big 10 football. So Shame on them. very well could be the case. I mean, it's not like you really throw the ball. Shame on them. Probably it would have been a first rounder had he had competent <laughs> wideouts. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to running back Aaron Jones, AG Dillon, obviously, but Probably for me, the most surprising thing, which now that it's happened, it's like, well, why would that have been surprising? But Emmanuel Lewis or Emmanuel Wilson, sorry, making the 53 man roster, led the preseason in rushing yards in the NFL. Just a great story. What's just a prototypical Packers training camp story. And we had multiple this year, obviously, with uh, Malik Heath as well. But the dude coming into such a tough spot, we signed him during OTAs. And when you had Lou Nichols, who was a draft pick, yep. you had Patrick Taylor, who's well-rounded, plays special teams. And then we had um, Tyler Goodson, too, who mm-hmm. I think most people thought 
you know, was the front runner going to training camp. But the injuries to Lou Nichols and Goodson kind of force Emmanuel Wilson on the field, and he, you know, could not have looked much better. Like, literally, like, w- would he yeah. change anything about his preseason? Absolutely not. So that's pretty cool to see him actually make it. I think he put it out on Instagram before anyone else knew, but pretty neat. Yeah, no, that is pretty cool. Still holding out. I think what what do we have like bold predictions at one point or whatever? And I think I said that Lou Nichols would replace AJ Dillon, Dillon by the end of the season. Still holding out. It's possible. Never say never. I was gonna. That's say, why it's bold. That's why it's a bold prediction, right? Our our bold predictions that we had weren't very good, and you might have jinxed Lou Nichols. I did throw it out there on Twitter too. You so Lou Nichols was cut for the mm-hmm. seventh round draft pick out of yep. Appalachian state. And it's, it was a injury d- designation too. And Bill Huber, who initially reported it, made it sound like that he will not be back with the team. He will not be on the practice squad, which would make Lou Nichols. If he's not back on the practice squad, the first Brian Gutenkunst draft pick who <laughs> did not make the initial 53 or the practice squad since he took over, which is pretty impressive, but shows how much of a mush you are well maybe bill doesn't know anything so maybe he's going to be on the practice squad you said bill huber right yes yes yeah maybe bill doesn't know what he's talking about and he will be on the practice squad so we don't know he has been wrong in the past and i that's what kind of i don't want to say sucked about emmanuel wilson you know with this rise here but we had all these cool little stories with everyone else that we were looking forward to seeing how it would play out and it was pretty much you know, it wasn't him. I mean, he did beat them out, but it was more like two incomplete grades, and then he got an A plus. So, what are you going to do mm-hmm. there? But either way, the practice squad is going to be weird too, because you like you're not going to carry three running backs on the practice right. squad, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. So back to Emmanuel Wilson. I think you know, obviously, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, everybody knew that was going to happen. Emmanuel Wilson, he's just solid. Right. Like, I don't yep. I don't guess I don't really know how he is as a blocker. I assume if he's got that number three spot, he's probably pretty decent. But he I honestly looked, don't know. He looked pretty good against the Seahawks when he had struggled a little okay. bit in the past. But he like bulldozed a dude in pass protection. And 100 percent. If there's one thing you're not going to be good at when you come into the NFL, it's going to be pass blocking it, yes. it. Every single running back, not every single running back, most running backs, it takes there's a learning curve there. It takes mm-hmm. six games to really like figure out the blocking assignments and stuff like that. So I think that that's really normal, um, but everything else, like he's got decent wheels. He's big enough, like to arm tackles. Don't really seem to phase him at all. He just keeps churning. He's got mm-hmm. good vision. He seems patient. Like, I don't know. Like he, he's like one of those guys that isn't like a standout maybe in any one area, but like mm-hmm. he just runs the ball well, right? It's just, it's fun to watch and yeah. led the league in preseason for rushing. So I mean, yeah. he also forced the most uh, missed tackles as well in the entire league in the preseason. So I don't know. Once again, he had a this... nice little shimmy against the Patriots in yeah in the hole. I think it was a yeah. safety came down in the box and he did a little shimmy got outside yeah. and I mean it's it's impressive. I know. I was watching that too. I'm like shit. You're like it's it's dumb and you don't want to compare players, but it's like. Once again, I think I said last week, if we could get the vision of Emmanuel Wilson and put it in AJ Dillon, that would that's like an elite think, elite back, you know? Yeah, and it's almost like it's almost like the difference between the two, if it's not vision, it's decisiveness. Like yes. Emmanuel yes. Wilson's just like, I'm going here. Like there's no decision making process where it seems mm-hmm. like, at least in the past, there's been some times where it's like, dude, just run and AJ Dillon's like, uh 
Like there's like the stutter step. Here you go. So this is uh, last week. I called him Sam Congato. He looks kind of like Sam Congato with what you said there, which I agree with. And maybe this is more accurate for early on because I think people soured on him late, and I could be misremembering of how his career went. But Emmanuel Wilson is low-profile James Starks. He's decisive, oh. running forward, isn't going to lose okay. yards. Maybe not as powerful. Eh, no, probably not. James, I mean, James Starks. He was a, a weird-looking back. Too. He was a weird-looking back because he ran so he upright long. and he had some weird. He had like bowed legs. I remember where they said oh, really? if, his, if his legs weren't bowed because uh, he got injured one week. If they weren't the way they were, he would have tore his ACL. <laughs> So it like benefited him in that one way. God, I think that was like 2012 when that happened. But yeah, okay, yeah. So near, uh, he would have been like a second year player at that point, right? Or third, probably. Yeah, but yeah. So we'll see what happens with the rest of those spots. The practice squad will be interesting. I hope. I mean, Patrick Taylor. I feel like you could pen in for the practice yeah. squad. I, right. I feel like he's gonna like be on the practice squad as long as possible that they will allow him in the NFL, but. We'll see. And again, Tyler Goodson, too. I hope he can come back. But I know he was injured as well. And he might have had that injury designation as well. So we'll just have to wait mm-hmm. and see what happens on the practice squad. Um, wide receiver, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, uh, Jin Reed, Malik Heath, uh, Devontae Wicks, and Samari Torre were the guys who all made it. They did end up cutting the seventh round pick, uh, Grant DeBose, who I assume if he doesn't get claimed by someone will be on the practice squad. But... Again, the story of training camp for the wide receiver position was Malik Heath, the undrafted dude out of Ole Miss who was a knucklehead in college, would have been drafted if he wasn't. And it's, I was, you kept waiting for him to die because it showed up in like rookie mini camp, Mm -hmm. Malik Heath, regular mini camp, OTAs, training camp, preseason, and the dude just kept performing. Pretty cool. And again, you know, I listed him fourth there. Week one, if he's active, which I assume he will be, he's got to be the fourth receiver in this offense. If nothing else, he brings – he's probably the best blocking wide receiver that we have on this team now with uh, Alan Lazard being gone. Do we think he is the best blocking – I guess, yeah. There's there's the couple clips. He had the one against the Patriots where he brought the dude into the bench. It was unreal. I think he got okay. an extra 15-yard penalty on it too because the guy got so pissed off for how much he just threw him to the sideline. So it's – and I like the build of him too. I wish he wasn't number 18 because you just obviously think of Randall Cobb and he is yeah. a big dude and the opposite of that. Yeah. But he's 6'2", 213 is what he's listed as. Okay. But he Decent looks size like – he reminds me, and other people have said this too, but James Jones. You watched him, just a strong kind of built dude. And maybe he's got a little bit of that Ellen Lazard with him too, just with the blocking. So we'll see. But either way, a fun story that carried on into the regular season now, it seems. Yeah, I think that your top three make a lot of sense. Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Jaden Reed. And then I think you just have your top f- performers behind there. I mean, it makes right. it makes sense when you look at it now. Um, Could have maybe seen just based on you know the good history and seeing DeBose just make the roster just for the hell of it right um and just the way that he doesn't like to let any of his picks walk it seems but mm-hmm. again this I mean if you look through the roster he's got a handful of picks that are that have been cut I mean and yeah they probably come back on the practice squad but yeah there's a there's a handful here that it seems like it's a little bit of a, a character break here where he's letting those picks kind of walk away where before he held on to everybody, no matter what. 
Right, and we'll probably talk about it too just with uh, outside linebacker and Brenton Cox, but I think the difference this year is that those guys really were as talented as the draft picks, and those seventh-round picks, you might as well, you know, and that, that's a thing. What Malik Heath and Wilson did is just, you could not let those guys get right. cut. Like, they could that's not have performed point. any better in the preseason, which... And like I said, it was still surprising to see Wilson make the squad. Um, back to the guys who we'll see a ton of this year. Christian Watson, we have to talk about this. You know, it was the question of the weekend. That deep bomb that he, you know, was that a bad throw or was it a bad drop against the Seahawks in that preseason game? Um, I'm going to say not amazing ball placement also, but it could have been caught. Um, a little bit on on both ends um and i do think that i think that more times than not christian watson's going to catch catch that ball i did see some stuff on a little bit of an exchange on twitter somebody was saying watson doesn't do contested catches Mm -hmm. he like only catches contested catches and i thought that that was really interesting i think it's i think fast guys get a bad rap i guess but i saw that stat too i forgot who pulled it up that he was like fourth in the league in contested catches but we we're like ah cool, but that is a very surprising thing to see with how his rookie year went. I don't know. Yeah, the stat maybe could have been a little bit misconstrued. It was like fourth mm-hmm. in number of contested catches, maybe, but not percentage, sure. or it was the other way around. But anyway, yeah. you could look at it two different ways. Either way, I think that he makes a lot of those contested catches in coverage. And he's been leveled a few times while catching the ball. So, like, I don't worry about the contested catches with him at all. Um, Again, I think, to answer your question, I think it was a little bit of both. Yeah, the ball. It seems like, for some reason, when Love's throwing down the sideline, it's drifting towards the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. At least he's had a couple of those, I can think, in my mind, just this preseason and on the ball. And it's kind of like sailing towards the towards the goalpost a little bit instead of finding that outside edge. Right. So, yeah. He's, he's going to have to figure that out, but it's, they were saying too, that like he didn't put as much air under that one. And that was the problem, which like he tried to correct his issues before on the deep ball. And that's what led to it being short, but I don't know, whatever they'll figure it out in the actual yeah. football that counts. The other thing from that too was, uh, the Watson family, they're pretty active on social media. His mom seems nice on Twitter. Okay. And then he also has a brother who I know is in the XFL, but he quote tweeted the JT O'Sullivan breakdown saying that it wasn't the best ball, but that's a, a catch that the receiver has to make. That it was more of the receiver's fault. Watson's brother obviously vouched for his brother and said the ball was terrible. Oh, <laughs> he no. Did, he did say Watson should have obviously caught it as well, but I'm like, God, is, are we going to have the great stay Jones off social story? media? <laughs> I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers' dad story. Oh God, he was the best though, Ed Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, if you look hilarious. him up, he stopped tweeting the last few years. Did he? Okay, <laughs> but yeah. Other than that, the only other thing to talk about Romeo Dubs was a scratch right before the game with a hamstring injury. So hopefully they don't put him on IR tomorrow too with a short term thing. There they had, you know. The floor was a little coy with that, so maybe that's just end of the world thinking there. Um, and then outside of that, I assume two of the three between Grant DeVos, Cody Crest, and Deuce Watts will be on the practice squad. Uh, moving on to tight end. Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Josiah DeGuara, 
Josiah Deguara is a fullback, you know, now pretty much. But I assume they're going to pick up a tight end late. Uh, Wes Hodkowitz from the Packers, he did put out a tweet breaking down, you know, since LaFleur has been coach, how many players at each position made the roster. Every other year before this, the Packers had four tight ends on the roster. Right now we have three, if you count Josiah Deguara, who is listed as a fullback on the Packers site. So I'm assuming we're, you know, it sounds like we're going to IR Luke Tenuta. I wouldn't be surprised if we IR someone else like Dontavian Wicks. He's banged up right now too, so I wouldn't be surprised if we put him on the short-term IR and then scoop up a tight end that someone dropped. But... uh, Either way, not a ton of surprises there. It wouldn't have been shocked if Austin Allen, the 6'8 unicorn, yeah. yes. who blocked pretty well and played pretty well I, on Saturday as well, would have made the 53, but I assume he's going to be on the practice squad. I kind of was – I was I was hoping because I didn't figure a fullback was going to make it. I really thought Josiah DeGuaro getting that fullback, those fullback reps, mm-hmm. maybe designation, I thought that was a death sentence. Yep. Um, so I kind of thought he was out. So I, I was thinking we were going to keep, but it ended up, you know, obviously we didn't do that. I know people have said too with Tyler Davis that he's a pretty good blocking tight end. Um, yep. And, but he's on the, is he on the short-term IR at this point? Uh, no, he tore his ACL. So I he's do not think he's Never going mind. to be coming That's back. That's a long yeah. term. That's a long one. <laughs> as far, okay. as long as it goes, I think he's going to be on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It seems like there's room to add a tight end here. I don't know. I'm just not sold on Josiah having a super impactful role on this team, but mm-hmm. he made the 53. So that means a lot, I think, at yeah. least in their eyes. So maybe it's just, I don't know. I just haven't seen a lot to with, make me think with Luke and Tucker on the team. I just don't yeah. see what his role ends up being. Yeah, but you know he is kind of that H back role, obviously. I know, um, but he can't. But he, but when have you been like, blocker. oh, that's so, an amazing block from Josiah Deguara? So Never. I wouldn't, right? I wouldn't be surprised if Henry Pearson, the fullback, makes the practice squad, and he has played some special teams as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they call him up to the, you know, fifty three one of these times or forty seven, whatever that they have active. And they play him on special teams to maybe get him a full snaps in the backfield. And then eventually they move on from Josiah DeGuara in season. But I don't Do you know. Think, we'll, we'll see. Does Josiah play special teams? Yes, he does play. I know he's been on the protection units. Yes. So maybe that, I mean, maybe if, that's he's, part of it too. if he's essential to the protection unit, I mean, that's a, that's a way to make a living in the NFL, to be honest. I mean, that is, that's a real role that actually earns people a job. You know, you don't have to get on the field yeah. right. for other things. So I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's just something that we don't see. And that's what he's, mm-hmm. that's his value. So I don't know. It's interesting, but. Yeah, we'll see. I would be pretty surprised if week one, we haven't claimed a veteran tight end who's going to be on this 53-2. Just, you know, even I'm trying to think, what was the guy's name? Like uh, after Comtrap. Tom Crabtree was like something mulligan, just a big blocking tight end is what I assume sure. that, that's those are one of those guys that get cut late, you know, at the end of training camp anyway. So hopefully we scoop someone up there. Yep. Move, moving on to the offensive line, uh, David Bakhtari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom, Rashid Walker, who had a great training camp. Yash Nyman did stick with the squad. Caleb Jones made the roster once again. Sean Ryan, the third-round pick last year, who was terrible and was pretty good in training camp this year. 
Uh, Royce Newman, who was kind of on the edge, it seemed like, but honestly, just because we have no one on the interior that's decent was mm-hmm. what got him there. And then Luke Tenuta, once again, one of the unicorn 6'8 plus tackles that we have on this roster who hurt his ankle. He got carted off a couple of weeks ago. So everyone is assuming, I built, again, Bill Huber was reporting that Luke Tenuta will go on the IR tomorrow after making this initial 53, and then they'll call up our long snapper after that. But uh, any initial thoughts with the offensive lineman there, Todd? I have an initial question, though. So, like, with Luke, mm-hmm. Luke Tenuta, why not throw him on IR yesterday So and then keep the long snapper? I just don't – it doesn't make sense to me. It, I forget how the roster works, but if you had done that before the season, then he would be out the entire year or you would have to cut him with a designation after that. So by putting him on the 53-man roster now, you can put him on the short-term IR, which is only interesting. four uh, games, six yeah, games now. I think it's four. So, so yeah, that's I know interesting. the PP is you... four now. Oh, maybe that is what I'm thinking of. Anyways, okay, so that makes... That makes a little bit more sense. So he would probably have to be out for the season. He would have to have a yes. season-ending injury to throw him on the IR prior yes. to cut down. Okay, that makes yes. more sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, tackle heavy, right? And we have a tackle surplus. But I got to think someone's getting traded. I mean, I just can't imagine we keep six tackles. Yeah, it's – well, so Tanuta's going to go on the IR. True. Yeah, good point. So Tanuta goes on the IR, but he's going to be on the short-term IR. Yes, he'll have to come back. So I I assume it's something that, and I would assume the Packers think about this more than I do, but it's easier to sneak a guy onto your practice squad if you cut him in season rather than at cutdowns. If there is someone waiting maybe those four weeks, they find someone else who fits that role on their roster and all that, or maybe just don't, you know, maybe they're finding that guy they're looking to claim at claims tomorrow and yep. you know a month from now they're not going to look to replace that guy so i think that's part of it um yash you know there was a lot of rumors with him potentially getting traded i assume if he was going to get traded it would have happened today so i assume he's going to be on the squad throughout the year unless we trade up in season if things go to shit yep. but uh yeah a lot of tackles uh and again, I know I've said this in the past and everyone says this too, but offensive tackle is one of the toughest positions to find in the NFL. Yeah. And we have an, a literal embarrassment of riches where we're like, it's amazing. Does someone, does someone want this beautifully? Can, can we trade for a Josh Nyman? Right. That's like, that has to be, there has to be a little of that. Like, do you trade Yash for a safety? Right. Well, I was wondering, too, just with the Broncos, with Albert O, that tight end who they were going to cut and ended up uh, trading to the Eagles. It's like you would have thought maybe there would have been some type of swap there, you know, or a trade, per se, if you will. Although player player trades. Not super common. No, not anymore. It's not like. So maybe that's maybe they're just looking to get a pick out of this talent. I mean, there is a lot of talent there. I mean. Bakhtiari, Walker, Caleb Jones, who's a giant, mm-hmm. Zach Tom, Yash Nyman, and Luke Tenuta. I mean, there's a, like you said, an embarrassment of riches. I mean, that's a lot of, and big guys too, right? Like, yes. Yeah. It's, can we change, can we transform somebody into a center? That's the thing. They're, they're so fucking. Zach Tom. <laughs> yeah. Right. Zach Tom's the only one, but the other guys are so, are so tall. You can't even think about doing that shit, you know? So we'll see. Um, 
Again, Royce Newman making it, uh, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if he's short for this world uh, on the Green Bay Packers, but we'll see. Um, I don't. The only other thing, Rashid Walker, watch more of him now since people have been talking about him. He wears the long sleeves, and my God, he really does have the longest arms on the planet. Watch the next time you're watching a Packer game. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess look at the highlights or search Twitter because hopefully we don't see him on the right, field this right, year. Right. But the longest arms, it really is like as long as he's strong enough and can like keep that radius around him with those arms extended, it's going to take him three seconds to get to the quarterback because he's so, they're so it's unbelievable. Force him outside and use those yeah. long arms. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the defense corner little surprising. I mean, this is what I had predicted in my very important uh, roster predictions, which I sent out at like 12, like midnight 30 uh, a couple of days ago, just so no one saw it so that I could come back later and break if I was right about everything. <laughs> um, but only four guys made it on the initial. Obviously, Stokes is on the PUP, but Jair, Razul, um, Nixon, and yeah. Valentine. So I, what I assume... so. With only four corners, you know, we have a handful of guys, Keandre Thomas, William Hooper, who had a pretty good preseason, that undrafted rookie, Corey Ballantyne, who's been with the team for a year, and yeah. Shamar Jean, Shamar John, Charles, you corrected me before we started. So, I don't know, yeah. I saw on Twitter when it was, I think it was actually Domofsky's tweet, when mm-hmm. in his cut list, he had anybody who had a hard name to pronounce, he had the pronunciation there, it's Shamar John Charles. But it's spelled Jean. But it's spelled J E A N, like Billy yeah. Jean. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, weird. So I've been wrong for forever. Shamar John Charles. Glad we got it right on his last day. <laughs> yeah, potentially his last day. And he's a decent special teams player. Yeah. But with those four guys there, and with only four guys on the fifty-three, I wonder. Goody's been doing this the last few years. Uh, last year with the running backs, the COVID year with the kicker the extra kicker where I think we're going to rotate these guys in and make these guys active for either special teams or, you know, just to have that extra DB. Mm-hmm. But I, I assume that's going to be like the running back position that we had last year. But again, no real big surprises. Um, Valentine, you know, obviously had a huge training camp and he did play in the slot on Saturday, which could be a way that they're trying to get him on the field sooner than later. So any thoughts there, Todd? Uh, no, I guess just a little, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see corners at this point. I think that's a little bit interesting. And then you look at inside linebacker, we're looking at five. And so it's just, it seems yeah. like a little bit of an unbalance um, to, to what you'd normally see. And not that that can't change. It can definitely yeah. change um, and probably will change tomorrow. We'll see. But um, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'm not surprised, I guess, by any of them. Keyshawn's for sure mm-hmm. got a roster spot. Stokes is on the PUP, and then you got our two starters, and then Carrington Valentine was the best performer. So, I mean, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and we have, you know, a lot of good talent there, not a lot of depth. So hopefully, cross our fingers. That's where that's right. the one position I think that I would save from from injury going into the season here. Um, moving on to safety, the ugh, just bleh group of uh, this training camp. Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Anthony Johnson Jr., Levitt did make it, and Jonathan Owens. Uh, <laughs> it was fr- I listened, so I, I listened to the other uh, 
the Packers podcast that have beat reporters on it. So like pack the Packers sure. news podcast, I'll listen to Willie and Tao here and there. And well, I guess head of the packs done now. So, cause that was Bill Huber and Matt Schneidman, but on the Packers mm-hmm. news one, they were talking about roster predictions and uh, Cassidy Hill asked Ryan, Ryan Wood, like kind of jokingly, if Jonathan Owens being, you know, married to Simone Biles would get him on the team or whatever. And Ryan Wood was like, no, no, never. And then Tom Silverstein popped in and he like, he didn't say that does play a part in it, but he said it could, which it's kind of funny to hear someone interject and say what, say something like that, especially someone like Tom, who's been covering the Packers for 30 something years. So I found that to be very interesting. I did hear if I'm really bored, I scroll and like look for other Packers content. And I listened to, I think it was reporting as eligible. And one of the guys on that pod works for the journal Sentinel or some other publication. And he said that the clicks that they get on Simone Biles articles having to do with the Packers is just Mm. unreal. So I don't know. Conspiracy theory, you know, the Packers social media has, they posted their first meme last week, you know, more power to you. Yeah. They posted the roster early today. So they are changing things a little bit. I I don't think that's actually I don't happen, but maybe it was a factor. I think you can find so many other metrics to grade somebody (laughs) on than who you're married Uh, to. You think? So I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I do, I do think that the media team loves it. So, I mean, for they what that's to. worth, I mean, good for them. Um, they got to be climbing the ranks now, 29th, 28th at this point. They had a meet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After so, rank 32nd, the social doing media better. team. Yeah. Well, so it, it's funny too, because I wonder if like the social media team and the Packers, you know, had been in contact with Simone Biles, like, oh, what games are you going to come to this year? So we're prepared and all that. And they're like, Hey, Hey Goody, you know, we got, we got all this stuff planned out here. I don't think you can, uh, you know, cut bait with uh, Jonathan that quick. So I don't know. Uh, Hopefully that's not it, but he did have a horseshit training camp for a guy who stepped in and was assumed to be the starter at one of those safety positions and ran with the starters for a good week. It's uh, not very good, but I guess we'll see if hopefully we don't have to see him on the field too, too much. Um, other thing to talk about would be Benny Sapp, who had the game ceiling uh, pick in the preseason game on Saturday. He got cut. I assume they're going to try to get him on the right. practice squad. And one of those guys where <laughs> it's stupid, but you like getting in the mind of these dudes. So on Twitter, it must have been 10, 15 minutes after he was cut. He was posting clips of his highlights from training yep. camp in the preseason games. I was like, "Somebody pick me up!" Fuck yeah, dude! Like, <laughs> that's the that's the stupid shit again that you want to see players put out there. Like, hey, dude, I'm out here. Look at me. I can ball. Like, put me yeah. on your team. Yeah, good luck to him too. I mean, that was a nice little pick there too at the end to seal the deal. So, I don't know. Yeah, best of luck. I mean, if he winds up back in the practice squad, that'd be a good thing too. I would assume he's going – I would be shocked if he isn't claimed and isn't on our practice squad if he was out of the league because I think, you yeah. know, as a rookie, he showed enough. Um, inside linebacker, Devondre Campbell, Quay, obviously, Isaiah McDuffie, Eric Wilson, and uh, Terry Carpenter made it. This is what I forgot. This is what I was going to bring up before. You know, you, we're talking about the roster and you look at the positions. It is – you know, five is a lot for inside linebacker, but when right. it's Eric Wilson and Terry Carpenter, it's like Terry Carpenter doesn't even want to be an inside li- linebacker. You know, he still wants to be a safety. He's 
a special teams guy. And yeah. obviously that's pretty much all that Eric Wilson is too. So, yeah, I wonder if as this, as the beginning of the season plays out or even, I wonder if one of those guys goes um, yeah. just who's under, if somebody's underperforming in special teams, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's kind of something that's going to change here and not too long, just because it just seems unbalanced having five inside linebackers, only four corners. Yeah. It just is a little bit imbalanced. So, yeah. And with Tyree Carpenter too, it is interesting because with those two guys, I feel like you could cut them and sneak them on the practice squad and just right. call them up again too. And I right. feel like ty- if they're going to do that, Tyree Carpenter more so would be the guy too with this right. being his second season. So, I don't know. Kind of interesting. Um, Devondre Campbell is still hurt. He didn't play on Saturday. And when asked about it after the game, he said he's iffy. I don't think he said that. That's what I wrote. That's how I speak. But that he was iffy for the opener. So we'll see. Again, wouldn't be shocked if he's someone who gets thrown on the short-term IR2 to start the season. And we claim a couple people. Um, Outside linebacker. They went ahead and they did it. They kept all six of them. Rashawn Gary, uh, Preston, yeah. J.J. Nagbari, Lucas Van Ness, Justin Hollins, and uh, Brenton Cox, the undrafted knucklehead out of Florida and Georgia. Pretty cool. I was trying to think of, of this. You know, we talked a couple weeks back about the NASCAR package, the mm. elephant package, all those. What would the package we be? We have to. If we had six outside linebackers. Like, what do you call it? Or was just like, what is it? I mean, they're the obviously package? all standing. Yeah. Well, what's, I mean, it's yeah, NASCAR but, package all over again. Yeah, just super NASCAR. And then what, what do you do? Six you, I think before, you put, though? Well, I think was, it was seven. I think it was the whole yeah, front shit, seven I'm, was yeah, standing. Yeah, must have been. <laughs> but it, I think like that was around the same time when it was like, you had some bigger guys at linebacker too, like yeah, Nick Perry, who you put inside Mike Neal yeah. and stuff like that. So like made a little, I mean, not that we don't have that now you could definitely, I mean, looking at this group of outsides, mm-hmm. you could put all those outside linebackers on the field. And I don't know, what do you do? You put maybe like uh Jonathan Ford in the middle or something like just a plug <laughs> and just be like, all right, just have just... six standing up and just make a mess. Yeah, like we're in it's base or something, and then we do a wholesale where you just see all the big dudes, <laughs> Kenny, Wyatt, and uh, Slayton run off the field, and then Jonathan Ford, the biggest dude, the, the biggest fattest guy on the yes. defense is running out there, and then it's just all the linebackers. Uh, yeah, I would like that. That would be, yeah, that would, <laughs> hopefully, I don't know. If we if we get far enough into the season that Joe Barry gets in his bag and pulls that shit up, that would be... That could only be a positive thing if we get to that, I feel like. I think it's that, week one. I, I think we have that. to do it week one. <laughs> Just hustle Jonathan Ford out there. Clear the bench of outside linebackers and be like, all right, guys. Blitz them all. Yeah. I don't know. Engage yeah. eight. Let's go. And then other than that, with the outside linebackers, I looked this up because, you know, with the youth, with Cox and Lucas Van Ness making the team, I was like, God, can we move on from Preston? And – you could down the line. I wasn't thinking yeah. this year, but he's still, he has four more years under contract with us after the extension he got last void years. No, they're actual years on this contract. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty, How old is he? I'm going to look that up really quick. Yeah, He's, uh, he's 30 or 31. He's 30. I know. He's one of the only guys that is in his thirties. So yeah, I don't think he's playing four more years, but yeah, I two? don't think so either. But it's still a dead cap hit next year, I think, of like $12 million if we move Jeez. on from him. Okay, so well, he's on the roster next year, too. Yeah, we'll see. Um, 
Lucas Van Ness is getting better every week during the preseason. He he improved. He had multiple pass rush rush moves against uh, the Seahawks, which is an improvement. Cox, uh, once again, just kind of a different type of uh, story for Packer, Packers undrafted guy making True. it. True. Yep. It reminds me of like Cole Laerta. Ah, uh, the tight end out of Miami. Oregon. Oregon, yes. Yeah, cool. the tight end I'm, from. And, and I'm saying his name <clears throat> wrong. I think he might have passed. I know away exactly who you're talking about. Oh, jeez. RIP. Um, but another very talented guy who wasn't able to make it. And Brenton Cox is kind of a success story of that, right. which we haven't had too often. Um, I was surprised because a lot of people had Cox making it to the practice squad. And I'm like, the only question that Cox had coming out of the draft process was if he could put, if he could you know, keep himself, you know, out of trouble. And he did. So what else could he have proved right. in the preseason if, you know, if he didn't make the 53, he never would have for how it went. I would say this group of outsides too, this just really tells you what they think of Justin Hollins, that he's still mm-hmm. on this roster Yes, with yes. five other outside linebackers. You know, I mean, two of which, I mean, Bretton Cox and Lucas Van Ness are pretty <laughs> – more more elite. I mean, Lucas Van Ness, elite athlete. Brenton Cox is not a slouch either. Yeah. And so you've got some really talented guys on there. And then Tariq Carpenter, sorry, uh, Justin Hollins is also on there too. I mean, that says a lot about yeah. what they think about him. That is a good point, though, with Lucas Van Ness and Cox are absolute projects. Even Lucas Van Ness right now. I think he, I think he'll come along quicker than Gary did. But Lucas guys... Van Ness seems to be less of a project in the run game. His yes. big body is just effective. Yes. But, you know, two guys, uh, and Cox was a five-star athlete coming out of, uh, or a recruit coming out of high school, Lucas Van Ness just being who he he is, once again, just two (laughs) balls of clay for the uh, genius of Joe Barry to deal with. Um, And and then it's J.J. Anagbari, too, you know, who fucking Uh kicked ass all preseason. So it's, that's going to be... He's impressive. I think... I think as they put Gary on a snap count, watching Mm -hmm. J.J., is going to be a lot of fun. Yes, I think so too. Um, defensive line, they kept six of them. All the big boys, Kenny Clark, uh, Devonta Wyatt, TJ Slayton, uh, Wooden Brooks, and Ford, Jonathan Ford out of Miami. I did remember his first name. This I always yep. I always forget his name because I think his last name is Jonathan. So then I'm lost and I never come up with it. But when I got in front of me, I can read sometimes. Uh, still surprising how good this young defensive line was all of training camp obviously they haven't done jack shit yet but you would i feel like we would have known more if there was struggles going on you know jonathan ford came out pretty hot and simmered a bit at the end so maybe he's not gonna be a guy but we kept six defensive linemen last year one of them was ford and now he actually performed a little bit so it shouldn't have been that surprising that we kept six yeah, I mean, it's this is going to be this front seven is going to be a ton of fun to watch. I mean, you mm-hmm. got fresh bodies, you can rotate into every position, which is, I mean, on the D line, that's going to be a lot of fun to see. And plus, like sixty percent of the time we're in nickel, so it's only two of them guys. It's going to be, yeah. It's, I, I, but I wonder if we see more base this year. Yeah, that'll I, be. Well, I mean, granted, yes, the nickel is where you know the the, the majority of the NFL is at nickel a lot of time yeah. anyway, but. I just wonder if we see more base with the talent that we have and you have to play obviously more underneath, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yes. And just to once again, bring up 
how much better, even if, you know, the young guys bust out and aren't that good. I looked it up. These were at least guys who we brought in through the draft process, either drafted guys or undrafted guys, since 2016. So Kenny Clark was drafted in 2016. Yep. This is this is who we've drafted since then at that position. Montrevious Adams, who's actually still in the league. He's with oh, the really? Patriots, actually, but oh. obviously not, I don't know, unless he got cut today. Montrevious Adams, um, Kingsley Kiki. We know how that went. James Looney, who was a seventh-round pick. Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster. That is the list of guys that we have brought in since 2016 Wow! in the youth movement. So that just shows you, once again, how much better this is now. Obviously, Devonta Wyatt was a was a draft pick in Slayton, too. But for these hits, that's so much better than pretty clear misses. And I would say Dean Lowry was like a subtraction by him being as mid as he was. Yeah, I don't know. Dean had his role. It always like Dean. People are always talking about Dean being on the cusp. <laughs> he was supposed to be the fu- he was supposed to be the like good uh, run defending defensive lineman, which was never the case. It was he- never really the thing. I don't know. I guess if you can't pass rush, you have to be a run stuffer. Yeah, so maybe that's know. why. Yeah, he, he had a really good 2021. He had that fumble pick six against Jameis Winston a few years ago. That's it. Those are the Dean Lowry memories for a guy who played with the team for fucking six years, six, seven years. I can't do math. Did he make the Vikings roster? I assume so in the, and I know we talked about it before, but I did, uh, (laughs) um, Andrew and I did sneak into Vikings practice and record it. So, and I did check and Dean was there, Mike Pett and all those guys. And he is running with the ones he was listed as uh, a starter on their initial depth chart as well. So good for him. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, I'm happy the fact that yeah. he's starting for the for the Vikings. You know, right. that's a, that's a good thing for us. Ha- he's making money, and we will get to block him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, other than that, special teams. The only other thing to talk about: Anders Carlson is the kicker, and man, Whelan. He ended up doing it. We t- we were talking about him since the start of training camp, how Bill Huber, once again, and Jason Wildey was saying he was booming kicks, how he was clearly the better leg. I still thought, I think I just have Bohorquez PTSD from the 2020 year, 2021 year, where he was so bad at holding. Again, if you remember the Bengals game where Mason Crosby missed yep. three kicks or whatever, I thought the holding was going to be the difference, but apparently... They didn't think it was enough of a factor, and he's fine enough of a holder. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, Justice Mosqueda put out the <laughs> the Daniel Whelan um, hold highlight reel, and it's it's we're all such sickos, and I'm sure other fan bases are like it too. But like he posted, I'm like, yes, it has been such a problem since Lafleur has taken over, where it's like, yeah, I I want to know if this puncher can hold, and it's just. <laughs> I don't know. It either way, very fun story. He grew up in Dublin, Ireland until he was thirteen. Again, he's six five. Yeah, big dude. Big dude. I put it out there and sorry, I'm rambling so much about special teams. I just love special teams. Oh, uh, yeah. I put it out there once again. He's from Dublin. He's a tall guy. He's a punter. What is his nickname? And I don't know if it's offensive. I think one of our followers did get offended by it, but the Irish bomber, the Irish car bomber, are we far enough away in history where we can i, I looked it up it was like well that's a drink 70s yeah and it's a drink it's a drink we can't we can't yeah. be held account somebody already did it we're just okay. repurposing that there same 
forget what I said. I'm now oblivious. I only know it as the drink. What is it? Guinness and uh, Bailey's, right? Yeah, yeah I, that sounds right. Um, but yeah, it's just a drink. Yeah. So there we go. We had J.K. Scott, who was the weapon. J.K. 47. J.K. 47. Mm-hmm. Um, Horquez. I, I just said Bo- Bojo Bombs is what I like to say. So now we have the Irish car bomb or the Irish bomber in Whelan. So. And then, again, the best example of roster manipulation is cutting your long snapper like the Packers did. They're going to IR Luke Tenuta on Wednesday. Put uh, Orzich or Orzich. Orzich back on the roster because they're like, no one's going to fucking claim a long snapper. A long snapper. So watch, it, again, watch it gets claimed. I kind of hope it happens because that would be hilarious. Just Goody would be like, "Come on, I was I was trying to cheat here. You really wanted to <laughs> scoop him up?" Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the snapping situation, holding situation. I mean, Anders also seems to miss a fair amount of kicks. So it's, I hope it doesn't turn into a shit show. Like I what said, could go whole- wrong? What could go wrong? Brand new punter. <laughs> Brand new yeah. long snapper, brand new kicker. Oh, and by the way, the kicker bats about 500. Right. What did go wrong? Yeah. I, it, at least, you know, if if they're decent right now and they're this young, just think of how great they're going to be. They're not the, five. <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the year, this is going to be the best special team squad of all time. Yeah. I mean, it can't be... We've had worse years. This is this mm-hmm. can't be our worst special teams year ever. We had the Mason Crosby missing all the kicks a few years back. We had couldn't feel the freaking punt for our life last year. <sighs> yeah. it, so, I mean, whatever. I guess if we can't kick field that, goals, fine. We'll go for two every time. We'll see. And it's – everyone likes Rich Bisaccia, and I like him too. I think he's a better coach than, like, coordinator. I would say that because there's all this hype about him. And, again, I've said this too many times, but Maurice Drayton – was fired because of the Niners lost in the playoffs with a blocked punt. And we had more blocked kicks and punts last year with Bisaccia. And then we had another kick blocked on Saturday. And it's yeah. an ongoing thing. And it looks like uh, Justice Mosqueda was saying that we did cut a couple guys who had more special team snaps. So uh, Rich is going to have to earn his you know paycheck this year. But I'm like, I don't know how much he did last year if we would have just had the, rich, the guy, the special, the, you know, punting uh re- kick return units that we had last year the personnel the previous year i think we would have been fine and he still stuck with amari as long as he did i don't know i hate talking about amari rogers we do it way too yeah, much we don't have to do that anymore. should we move on should we just move on or do you have more on special teams my favorite special teams thing that we never talk about is Keyshawn nixon yeah well we didn't see we don't have to talk any, about him any of it it's not a problem game. yeah yeah <laughs> Well, so, that, that's what's funny, too. Like, they're literally replacing him on punt returns just because, I guess, he got a new contract and he can focus on being at the nickel corner and kick returns. But because he he was the craziest punt returner as far as the way he angled his body on these returns, his, the first one he caught over his head and from the five-yard yeah. line, you know. So I think they're just trying to get past that with Jaden Reed. Yeah, but, so special teams, I don't know anything about it. Kick the ball between the two yellows and punt it really high and far and Perfect. fair catch it if you have to, you know? You don't have to run it if you don't need to. Do you see that dude when we on Saturday fair caught it at the 5-yard line on, on the Seahawks? Just a terrible 
if he fair caught it on the five as like a half let ask, fake let me ask when you it this. Been a touchback. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Did he fumble it? He he did not. Okay, well, <laughs> better upgrade better from last that. year. We'd we'd take him <laughs> last year. Yeah, no, absolutely no. Like I said, I I feel better we with just Keyshawn. shouldn't have put someone back there. Don't even put anybody back there last year. If and it's stupid, uh, God, I just we just keep going back in time. If we had no returner against the oh, that's Washington what I'm saying. Commanders, don't yeah, even put a don't even in the playoffs. put ten on the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take, yeah. I guess then maybe we could get a well. No, that they that's not anything. That's not a penalty. But moving on, special teams, the fifty-three man roster. Now we can look at it from a more bird's eye point of view. This team building shit. You know, I've been. I, we did get called out last week for being a little too negative, so hopefully this will be a little positive here. But I will start with the negatives with this team building of the team. Yeah, negative, negative, right off the top. You know, we might have talked about it already a little bit. This team is extremely young. The average age of a Packer this year is 24.9. It's the youngest Packers roster in six years. And Wildy had a nice little breakdown on Twitter too how – this year, starting from age 31, this is how many players at each age we have. 31, 1, 30, 2, 29, 2, 28, 4, and then it's 4, 6, 8, 9, 23-year-olds. We have 10 of them. We have 6 22-year-olds and one 21-year-old. So just an extremely young roster that's obviously exciting because it's a lot of youth and talent that we haven't really seen much of. However, like we talked about a few episodes ago, the last roster that was this young at the skill position group was the 2017 Cleveland Browns, who did not win a single game that season. <laughs> you know, so and it's it's again for me going back where it's again why I, I hate Mark Murphy is the way this is set up now just makes me question how the organization is being being run it's it's once again stupid conspiracy theory brain but you have such a young squad one of the youngest teams you know in Packers history and this coaching staff which Goody has called out several times I don't think Goody loves Matt's coaching staff and part of this is testing them you know you look at the safety position terrible group of athletes <laughs> terrible group of players right now and you could have brought someone back like adrian amos you know veteran presence and he got you know close to league minimum the coach for the safeties last year was ryan downard that was his first year coaching the safety group and now he's coaching all the dbs in just his second year then you have josh dunn the tight end coach i don't know if you know this about the tight ends they're rookies this is his second season coaching the tight ends for the Packers. Before that, he was a senior assistant. And before that, he coached one year with the Jets. You look at like the accolades you know, that the Packers put in for every coach and stuff. The positive that they said is they got uh, Hendon, that tight end for him then, yep. who was coming back from an ACL injury, to be third in receptions in 2017 or 2018. That was the big result of his coaching for the Jets that year. And then you have Jason Vrabel, who his first year as the wide receiver coach was 2020. He's now the pass game coordinator. That didn't go very well last year. We have Steno, the quality con- who was a quality control coach before he came to Green Bay, 
He's no longer the offensive line coach, and he's the OC putting together the game plan. So you have, again, I talked about it before, Jason Vrabel and Steno are very green at putting together a game plan on offense. Plus Matt LaFleur, who lost, once again, his right-hand man in Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze a season ago. And last year, they weren't able to put together a competent offensive game plan without Devontae Adams. So now you have a younger group of offensive weapons along with the same coaching staff who I would say struggled last year. So that's a negative to me. What do you think, Todd? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm getting the feeling that you're not super hot on the coaching staff and it, their youth or inexperience. It's just a huge test year for them. And, you know, last year, I, I don't know what you could have done with, you know, the bodies of Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. Either way, the offense, there should have been some better flow or identity of the offense that we had all of last year, but they just couldn't come up with anything. And this was the one year, every other year, Matt LaFleur had fired a coach. And he. this was the one year he decided not to, the one year where we missed the playoffs and go eight and nine. So I don't know what moves should have been made, but I do think part of it is Goody, he wants to test these guys a bit to coach these dudes up, you know, when he thinks that they struggled in the past. I don't know. It's interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not as far into the weeds into that stuff as you are, obviously. So I don't have <laughs> yeah, no, as I'm, extensive I'm a cra- as an opinion. I'm a crazy person. But I I mean, I guess I guess we'll see. I guess it could be fine. I mean, maybe there's some growth there. And maybe if Matt's looking over these, I mean, he is the head coach and he can be the cute the quality control guy here. Yes. And you know, so maybe things end up being okay, and maybe there there is a lot of growth that needs to happen. But maybe you know, like any good project manager, let's say, you know, they can filter through mm-hmm. the trash and be like, "Well, these are good ideas. Let's run with these. Work on this." You know, and maybe mm-hmm. that's the direction, and maybe that's something that Lafleur can do. Um, we'll see. I mean, which that's exactly what Mike McCarthy was trying to do at the end of his tenure too. You know, when he took away play after 2014, he kind of stepped away from the offense a bit and wanted to be more of the overlord of the coaching staff, which Wilde has said in the past that he believes that's kind of why Joe Barry is around because he just kind of does what Matt wants him to do. And I don't know how well that's exactly working out, but to, you know, if you do want to be optimistic with it, you know, this preseason did go very well with this coaching staff where we were number one on offense and yards and number one on defense in yards allowed. So maybe it's scheming too much in the preseason. Jordan Love said that they were very vanilla on offense. So that's a good sign anyways, but I guess there is hope for this team with this coaching staff as well. There's hope. There's always hope. We can do it. Okay, let's let's talk about some positives now. So positives. You know, I just said it, it's a negative that they're young. Positive. This team is really young, and I think it's very talented. So this is like when you're you're like 16 and you go to your first interview and you're like, you know, hey, they're like, what are your strengths? Well, the strength is, you know, that think. I that I care so much about this mm-hmm. job. What's your, what's your weakness? Well, my weakness is actually also a strength that yes. I care so much. And this is like, well, our, our weakness is that we're so young, but we're also, hey, plus we're injected with youth, right? Yes. It's two different things, but they're the same. Youth and talent. And I'm sure other teams could say this about their roster, blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to go through it as quick as I can here. Quarterback. 
We have a first-round pick who sat. Running back, we have Aaron Jones, one of the best backs in the league, and a second-round pick in Dylan. So I'm more saying, one, we're young. Two, we're also very talented or proven. Tight end, we have a second-round pick and a third-round pick, and they're both unicorns. You know, they both have, like, nearly 10 rasses. Wide receiver, two second-round picks in Reed and Watson. We have Romeo Dubs, who's a pretty solid receiver, and then we have Wicks, Heath, and Terry. That's kind of iffy, but still pretty solid. Offensive line, for how much we gripe about, you know, Myers and shit, nationally, it's still viewed as one of the best offensive lines in the league. David Bakhtari is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Ellen Jenkins is a pro bowler. And then, obviously, Zach Tom, who's pretty good as well. Then, defensive line, Kenny Clark, Devonta Wyatt, both first-round picks, both pretty young. Kenny's never aged in his life. Then we have a bunch of mid-round guys who are pretty talented as well. Outside linebacker, two first-round picks in uh, Gary and Lucas Van Ness. Yep. Preston Smith, J.J. Nagbari, and then a five-star recruit in Cox. Inside linebacker, we have an all-pro in Campbell. We have a first-rounder in Quay, whose arrow is pointing up, we all think. Corner, we have Jair, one of the best corners in the league. Razul is solid, too. Valentine, who looks to be one of the steals of the draft, along with Stokes, who was a first-round pick, who's going to be on the PUP. And then safety's bad. We don't Safety, have to. Yeah, that's it. That's all the positions. But still a first-round pick. We still have a first-round pick in Darnell Savage there. So it's just... If, what if they can put it together, it's we're going to trade solid. for a safety at the deadline and it's going to be fun. <sighs> That's what Justice just keeps bringing up too that we should uh, trade for Buda Baker from the Cardinals since they seem to be doing a wholesale right now with, with their roster. That would Maybe be the cool. pack. Hey, I can tell you one thing the Packers are interested. <laughs> in I would Baker. always in the conversation, always you know, in the, the conversation, always yes. interested in talks, people say sometimes. Yes. And the other thing, speaking of Goody, looking at his drafts, again, I know I've been negative. I This is the one thing, this is the number one thing I think about the Packers right now where I think I'm being too optimistic. And that is that I think these last two drafts from Brian Gutekunst are one of the best back-to-back drafts that we've seen, at least since we've been alive. You know, I'm 32 years old. And it's very, 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 very very early to be saying that it is but let me just i'm gonna read through all the players from his previous from his first four drafts who had any type of career in the nfl or were any type of average player yep starting from his first draft of 2018 jair jk scott mbs eq rashawn gary darnell savage uh, Elton Jenkins, Ty Summers, we're listing Ty Summers, Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, John Runyon, Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, T.J. Slayton, Isaiah McDuffie, and you can throw in Oren Burks in there as well. That's that's 18 players, including Oren Burks, through four drafts who you who played decent snaps in the NFL or have some had some type of role on some team. Everyone else, not very good. I would even say if you're not a Packer fan, shave a third of that off. That exactly. You wouldn't have any idea who these people are. So That's what I'm saying. Yes. 12, you know. And you look at the last two drafts with the Packers or undrafted guys we've brought in. You got Quay, Wyatt, Watson, Ryan, whatever he turns into, Romeo Dubs, Zach Tom, JJ Nagbari, Rashid Walker, Samari Ture. That's last year's draft. And you've got some pretty great prospects i mean rasheed walker was a fucking seventh round pick and he's our swing tackle right now you know and then you have yep. lucas van ness luke musgrave Jaden reed tucker craft 
Wooden, Wicks, Brooks, Valentine, Anthony Johnson Jr. Now, again, if you like you said with the first group, if you get rid of a third of those guys who we would get rid of just because they haven't actually done anything in the league, right. but I think there's still quite a bit of promise in just about all those guys. You know, you can just look back at the um, the twenty. Let's see here, the twenty seventeen uh, draft for the Packers. Fuck! I'll have to cut this. One ten. I'm I'm fucking I'm going way too much right now. <laughs> you look at just the 2016 Packers. That's Kenny Clark, Jason Spriggs, Kyle Fackrell, Blake Martinez, Dean Lowry, Trevor Davis, Kyle Murphy. It's just nothing, you know. And yeah. I don't remember ever being super high on that draft class either. You can say the same thing about. Uh, the 2018 draft, Jair, Josh Jackson, Oren Burks, Jamon Moore, Cole Madison, J.K. Scott, MVS, EQ, I... James Looney, Hunter Bradley, Kendall Donerson. So just mostly crap, you know, and I feel like you could just look at. I think, though, that drafts, draft, we were feeling close. good. I think that draft, we were feeling pretty good, though, with the Josh Jackson. Like, there but was some excitement there. There's there's one. It's excitement after draft. Then there's yep. an excitement after training camp. True. And there was no... Ex- well, that- Josh Jackson through training camp was good, wasn't he? Not really. Oh. They, they kind of moved... They kind of... Somebody else. They were talking about I'm moving... thinking like safety. Quentin Rollins or something. Yes. Yeah, he was pretty good. That's yeah. a... Yeah, Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins are really good as yeah. rookies. But, you know, like, we knew Jamon Moore was horseshit from, <laughs> from the beginning, unfortunately. But, again, I know I'm pretty negative at times, but I think... I think we got some young studs in these last two draft classes. That's mostly what I want to I think to get back there. to your original point, I do think I've been a lot more impressed with Goody the last couple of years. I think even on the free agent side um, and acquisitions, so I'm talking undrafted and then in-season free agents, mm-hmm. with the little amount of money that we've got to work with here um, on the free agent end, you got Justin Hollins, um, trying to think of who else we picked up last year mm-hmm. uh, in free agency that was decent. Anyways. Um, and then the Nixon, undrafted Keyshawn Nixon. Yes, Keyshawn. So then, I mean, two impact players at impact positions. Um, granted, one special teams, but anyways. And then you look at look at how many undrafted guys actually look to be very talented, and that actually could make a significant impact in the next few years, right? Like this is, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, granted, it could fall apart. It's very yes. early, but I actually do. I do a hundred percent agree that. There is a lot to be excited about where in the past, I think we were just kind of like holding on to our stars where mm-hmm. there's a lot of new talent to be excited about. Granted, it's only new bodies, right? Like we got a lot of new bodies in there, so there's going to be some excitement anyway. But I think that there is a lot of excitement around like undrafted guys. These rookies are really looking pretty impressive and big, fast and strong. I mean, that's what this team is starting to look like which if we can be big, fast, strong, and gritty, I mean, and that's going to be nope, just dumb. I guess, yeah, once once you get smart, then I think too much finesse, and that's what we need to shake. We can't. God, yeah, we just need yeah. to be big, strong, fast, and dumb. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, yes. Don't be smart. Just be dumb. Yeah. yeah. But it, you, but not Devonta Wyatt or Quay Walker or uh, Bretton Cox. Those guys, no, you guys, 
You guys get to play smart. Everyone else play dumb. No. There's only one person on the field that's ever smart. It's Jordan Love. He's the only one. Everybody else is dumb. Agreed. Yes. Speaking of that, dumb quarterbacks, last thing to talk about before we get out of here. I don't know if you saw this. The uh, bar in Milwaukee. You see this? You hear about this? I did not. So Jack's American Pub in Milwaukee is telling customers that if they come in on game day and their bar tab, you know, they start a bar tab and the Jets lose, it will be free this season. (laughs) So they have some stipulations. Tabs must be open 15 minutes before kickoff and the promotion does not include food. The offer only applies if Rodgers is starting and if the Jets game does not start or it doesn't coincide with the Packer game. Okay. Cause that Cause that way the bar is going to be packed anyways. So Doable. it's only four games this year where it doesn't happen, but yeah, That's pretty great. funny. Yeah. It, but it's like you pick what game you're going to go to and then it's like betting, you know, cause it's like, Oh God, if it looks like they're going to lose, it's like, okay, maybe we should just flip over to waters or some delicious soda. But uh, yeah. I, how funny would that be to, I don't know. I'm sure the line's going to be out the door and just the free yeah. um, advertising that they got off. This is worth it. I mean, that's that's a pretty fun. I haven't heard of that before. Of anybody doing that, like for a different team, right? Like there's some places that will do like when your team scores a touchdown, you get a shot, or you know, there, there's like those are fun things. But I do like the idea of the Milwaukee Bar going every time the Jets lose, as long as Aaron Rodgers is starting. Bar tabs free. I mean, that's smart. Fun. Smart, yeah. Free that's advertisement. Smart. Anyways, uh, I was gonna say. Do you remember what the Bears did in 2005, 2006, or what God, that happened no, was? I have no idea. There was a furniture place. Fuck. I don't know if it was in Chicago or in Wisconsin. Okay. I assume Chicago. But it, yeah, it was Chicago. If the Bears shut out the Packers week one, your furniture would be free. And that's what happened. I think the. It was the first, uh, it was Devin Hester's first ever NFL game, and he returned the opening kick or a punt for a touchdown. Bears shit kick him, and yeah, that furniture store had to give out tens of thousand dollars worth of furniture because the Bears uh, shut out the Packers. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a furniture store shouldn't do that. A bar seems like a safe place to do that. You know, furniture is pretty expensive. Well, on top of that, do you look at how how uh, you know high the f- you got a higher floor for the for the bar bet and a lower right. ceiling, but the furniture one it's like well, and like how many people are you attracting with a football True. prop to buy furniture? Like if I already have furniture, like yeah. I'm not, I don't, but like you can convince me. It's very easy to convince me to go get a beer. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're like, hey, do you need a bed set? Like, no, I don't. I have a bed. Like, I don't need that. But like, That's hey, do you point. have a beer in your hand? No, I actually don't have a beer right now. I would, I would happily go get one, possibly for free. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a point. Yeah, it's not like anyone went to that furniture store and was like, oh, we have to go to this <laughs> furniture store because I think the bears are going to shut them out. Like that would be like how many more sales have they actually generate from that? Probably actually the fact that they had to pay out did actually probably generate them a little bit of a lot of publicity, probably some sales. Probably something we should revisit, should go back and then maybe that's what I'll do. I should look up what the furniture store was, then call them and see. Well, maybe we'll know if they're not in existence anymore. That would probably give us the answer. <laughs> if you look it up and it's gone. Then you yeah. But with that, once again, what an amazing roster 
cut down video, uh, podcast here. If you enjoyed it, which God, I'm sure you did, leave us five stars. Give us all five of them stars. Maybe leave a review. That would be cool. Oh, and yeah, if you leave a review, we'll read it. I'll read it on the podcast. And come on, give us another one. It's been a while. I was we'll going to say, it. have there been any? No, not for. Well, we had we had one like two months ago, but they never left their address. But if you want, you could email us on pmppodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter at pmppod. Um, we'll send you a free koozie. Shit, even if you don't leave a review, just let me know and we'll send you a free koozie. Uh, yeah. That's all I had. Todd, you got anything else? Any other training camp or roster cut down memories or things you just got to get off your chest? Just upset that even with Randy Moss's endorsement, Cody Crest did not make <laughs> the roster, but we'll we'll see him down the line, I'm sure. I hope so. We'll see if Jadakiss's Bond's uh, big catch on Saturday gets him on the practice squad over Cody Crest with Grant DeBose not making the 53. I wonder how many wide receivers we would make make on the practice squad but yes i hope he's back but with that i don't have anything else todd do you have anything else no i'm good cool well with that eric koskinen please don't sue us Cigarettes